Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, as well as a new year. Uh, welcome to 2022. You know, for many people, the holidays are a stressful time. For others, it's a very joyful time. For some people, it's just a time to get away and unplug. You know, but we're back, and I'm really looking forward to this new year. You know, this time last year, I was not here. So this podcast officially started in June of 2021. So I recently completed six months and, you know, I'm very grateful for all the listeners, for all the guests that I've had on the show, uh, for all those who've provided me feedback, who've left ratings. You know, I'm very, very, very grateful for all of you. And I'm really looking forward to building, continuing to build a community of, you know, successful people or for people who are trying to strive for higher goals and trying to better themselves. So, you know, my son, he's very inquisitive. We were sitting around New Year's Day and he said, why is New Year's such a big deal? And, you know, I was like, you're right. Why is New Year's such a big deal? I said, well, you know, New Year's means that we reset the calendar. We go into a new year. Um, But truthfully, that's about it, because if nothing changes, then nothing will change. You know, if you are the same person or continue to do the same things, good or bad habits, that you did on December 31st and expect something to change in January, you might be hard pressed to see anything happen. So, you know, but for many people, it is a time to kind of hit reset and to refocus. You know, many people come up with resolutions of what you want to change. I've never been a big stickler of making January changes because, you know, many times those resolutions don't make it out of the month of January. I take on the philosophy more, if you have to make a change, it's best to make that change today than wait for the calendar to reset specifically. Today we have a very special guest. You know, some episodes I do for different reasons, and this episode, you know, it's a little selfish in the sense that this is something that I'm going through currently and I need help on, you know, I have to get back on track with. So we will be discussing topics, you know, about health and wellness, about an exercise routine, you know, starting a new year with new, a new focus and as well as goals and how to achieve goals. So I feel that many reasons why resolutions or goals fail is because you don't have a strategy of how to achieve them. Sometimes they might look good on paper, but without having a true strategy to achieve them, you know, many times they will fall about the wayside. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm glad to be back. We have big things in store for you in the upcoming episode. So stay tuned. Today we have on our show Dr. Janika Benoit, who is also known as Dr. J. Um, she is an internal medicine and sports medicine doctor. So it's very exciting to have another sports medicine specialist on the show, and we'll do a lot of talking about that. So really glad to have you here. So welcome to the Time Out with the Sports Doctor. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Derek. Absolutely. So we are both part of uh, Leveraging Growth Accelerator Group you know, a Facebook group. So that's how we got to meet each other through that group. And that's a group of awesome, you know, professionals, physicians that are doing a lot of things outside of their practice of medicine. So it's been really inspirational for me. What has your experience been? Oh my goodness. My experience has been amazing because I uh, joined the group when I was in fellowship. I knew that fellowship was coming to its end and I really wanted to um, like 
just kind of break down the barriers of what I initially saw myself. I knew that I could be so much more than a doctor. So I was just searching and searching and searching. I was, you know, looking for other doctors who were doing things, you know, um, different from just medicine, who, you know, were creating businesses of their own because I saw myself like that. So um, it's beautiful now to be in a community of physicians who are just, you know, just like owning, <laughs> you know, who they are and have created just awesome businesses um, just from being authentic and from, you know, finding their purpose and uh, looking more than just um, who they are as a physician. So yeah. it's really beautiful and enlightening. I like the way you said you had to break down that process because we are programmed to be physicians, right? And you're, you're put into this box. So it's a blessing and a curse. No, you're a doctor. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. You're a doctor. So uh, it really is a different mindset to say, hey, I can do X, Y, and Z. I can be an entrepreneur. I can be a podcaster. You know, I can be a coach. I can do a lot of things because I was doing other things before I made it to med school. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. I, I, I was scared of like almost losing like my identity. Right. I knew that like being a doctor was just my profession, but I, I knew that there were other gifts that I had to cultivate and um, different talents that I wanted um, to learn and just have a broader sense of knowledge. You know, you go through training and, you know, you learn all about the human body. And when you get to your specialty, you become even more specialized in just that thing. But I knew there was just, you know, there was just more, like there was more out there. And I, I just had to be around people who were doing more right. so that I could then believe it for myself. Sure. So tell us about your family or are you a first generation physician? No, actually, okay. I have a lot of physicians in my family. So my father is a physician. Um, my uncle is a physician. His three children are physicians. Um, so, yeah. So All right. So perfect. So tell us about that. So growing up in a household with a physician and, you know, like you said, multiple people in your family, was it expected? Or yeah, so okay, so I'm so I'm Haitian, all right. Okay. So if, <laughs> if you don't know anything about just you know the Caribbean, like every Caribbean parent wants their child to be like either a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Like that, th those are the options, right? Mm. And obviously, growing with my father, you know, he wanted us to become physicians, but um, I, you know, I told my father. Uh, and, and said that, hey, like, I'm not going to be a physician unless I make this decision for myself. I need to know that, th that this is what I truly want. So when I was 16 years old, I got nominated to, to go to the National Youth Leadership Forum on Medicine at UCLA. And I stayed there for about two weeks. And at that forum, we learned the process of how to get into medical school. We um, shadowed physicians. We went to um, various medical schools in the area. And, you know, we got to see cadavers. And then we participated in like science um, uh, related projects together. And it was from that moment, I was like, okay, yeah, I could definitely see myself doing this. And initially my first thought was that it was challenging and I like science. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> that, those were the first thoughts. And I was like, okay, I could definitely do this because it's challenging and I like science. And that is why I went into 
initially, um, but I went into medical uh, medical school. But um, really, during my third year of medical school, I realized that I really loved. I had a genuine connection, like with people. Like it, it just it was a natural knack for me, and it was surprising to me initially because I thought I was shy. Like mm-hmm. my parents always like always label me. Oh yeah, Janika, she's just shy, and um, I would just like in school, I would be mostly by myself, just like in my books. Like I was uh, like a real nerd. Um, So when I was, when I, when I um, did my first third year rotation, I remember my first patient encounter, you know, I, you know, touched my hand on the doorknob and like my, my, my palms were sweaty, like my heart was racing. (laughs) And it was a, it was a couple, I forgot exactly who was the patient, but it was a couple. And it was just like, I like, I like just surprised myself because just to develop that beautiful connection with them, like they told me about, you know, their, their family. And um, I just felt like I really got to know them in a very short amount of time. Right. And I think that is what struck me the most that I was able to develop a connection with um, these two individuals in a very short period of time in a genuine connection to not mm-hmm. just like, Hey, how are you doing? Okay. Like, what are your illnesses? Today? No, I really felt like connected to these like patients. And I left the room and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I was born to do. Like this, mm-hmm. this right here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> right. So you mentioned you got selected in a program at UCLA, but you grew up in New York. So tell us about that. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And um, so like my family, you know, they're, you know, my dad is a doctor, so we're a middle class. So Growing up in Brooklyn, um, my parents wanted to make sure that we were in the best schools. So we, my brother and I, we went to private schools um, in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, in high school, I went to an all-girls school. So, like, we went to, like, very strict uh, private schools. My brother went to an all-boys school for high school, and I went to an all-girls school. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, Brooklyn, like you it, it you learn to develop a thick skin um i mean now when i go to different places i'm just like oh man i'm so glad i was born in brooklyn because um just like you, you develop like this kind of i don't want to say hustle mentality mm-hmm. but your mentality is just different like you you're you just you you're a go-getter um you get things done no complaining uh that's that's the mentality of like being in brooklyn that's the brooklyn spirit um every we 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 could spot a fake person from a mile away (laughs) so don't you cannot fool us all right we could tell real from fake really fast and um i i mean i had fun i had a great childhood um my, my, my dad really made it a point for us to go on yearly vacations. So um, I got to travel a lot and see a lot. And I think, you know, a lot of my childhood is the reason why I am today, because I, I mean, I still enjoy traveling and I've curated my life to have a lot of flexibility so I can still enjoy traveling. Right. So you mentioned that you have been on vacation the whole month of December. Tell I us have, how that works. Yes. In your first year of practice. So you're a locums doc. So tell us about that. Oh my God, it's amazing. If there's any, you know, <laughs> resident on here, please consider um locums or even if you've been practicing for a long time and you just want um, you know, what a break from the monotony, consider locums. Man, locums has just been so amazing because 
like I said in the beginning, I knew that I wanted to be become more than a physician. And so I knew that I was like, man, I know I'm going to have like some type of business. Like I just know because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just know. And so when I was looking for jobs, I was I was scared because what I really valued was flexibility. And I wanted to have a job where I had that flexibility so that I could have time for, you know, my doctor job, because I, I still enjoy that, but, but also have time for my business. And at that time, I had no idea what my business was going to be. I just knew I was going to have a business. Uh, so it's allowed me to become flexible and really become more than a physician. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning different skills. I'm, you know, I'm learning different things. I'm meeting whole different people, amazing people. I'm, you know, meeting physicians, like physician entrepreneurs who have already like have millions in their businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's just so amazing, like what I've been able to do and the, the community and the people that I've been able to have around me. Because when you have people who are much further along than you are, it reminds you of what's possible for you. Right. So I wanted to be able to have the flexibility and latitude to develop relationships Mm -hmm. (laughs) because relationships is like everything. Your (laughs) network determines your net worth. Right. I'm telling you. Yes. So I I I knew that like I, I wanted to I needed the time and flexibility to create, you know, my network. Right. And. Uh, so that's why I you know, wanted to have a job that gave me a lot of flexibility and I have it now. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. You know, coming out, I, I've heard of locum tenums, but I was thinking locum says, you know, you cover three days, you know, here, or you cover a weekend here. You know, I never really was exposed to the fact that it could, you, it could really be your full-time practice, you know? Oh yeah. 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 All right. So we're both sports medicine doctors, but we have two totally different paths. So let's talk about that, because a lot of times people say, hey, I want to go into sports medicine, but that could be a variety of different things. You know, it can be an operative career. It can be a non-operative sports medicine career. It could even be something that doesn't include medical school, like physical therapy, athletic training. Tell us about your path. So you went through internal medicine. So tell us about that. Yeah, it actually was very tough. (laughs) going through internal medicine and um being at a residency program that didn't even know like what sports medicine was uh so it it was tough and I had to like kind of pave my path and right so develop those connections in sports medicine so um so and so that's exactly what I did during residency I and it started with um OMED which is one of the major osteopathic conferences and I, my intention um, for going to OMED um, prior to the start of my fellowship was to um, regain communication with the president of my medical school, who was the former um, NBA physician for the Phoenix Suns, Dr. Phelps. And um, so I knew, I knew what day he was going to like, uh, what time his, his, mm-hmm. he was going to speak. And I made sure I was in the front row and um, I sat in the front and then at the end, he was like, Janika, what are you doing here? I was like, that's the I can't see you. Right, right. So this was in California. At the time I was living in New York. So I flew, um, uh, and I just had to catch a red eye too. It was like crazy with my residency schedule, but I was really determined to make it happen because at my residency program, I had, I had no connects. So I had to like 
I had to get in that world. So um, from Dr. Phelps, whoa, he just opened up a whole can of worms and like put me in connection with so many different people. And that's really what helped me. It was just relationships, like I said, like Mm -hmm. building those relationships and building those networks that allowed me to um, land a spot, um, sports medicine fellowship spot at Meharry. And I wanted to go into sports medicine because... um, in internal medicine, I actually preferred being an outpatient rather than inpatient, which is like, mm-hmm. it sounds contrary to what you would think, but right. I really enjoyed outpatient clinic because, and it's back to my being my third year uh, medical student, I really enjoyed that genuine connection that I had with patients. And I, you know, I felt like I was able to more do that in an outpatient setting. Uh, so but, you know, what? I, I was tired of like the constant pill prescriptions and I was like, I don't want to like keep on doing this. And I uh, let me do sports medicine because that way I can, you know, promote a physical active lifestyle, mm-hmm. which is like so more along like <laughs> what I it's just like my whole values are. It's just I love physical activity. I've been like physical, I've been like physically active for a really long time, ever since um, high school, starting in the cross country track team. And I just like kept it up. Um, So, so that was part of it. You know, I was, you know, as a runner, like, you know, like I stated, and I really wanted to um, like help people with chronic disease, um, like really modify their lifestyle. Right. And, and it's not just about exercise too. There's like a mindset component that goes into it as well, because we sometimes have limiting beliefs that get in the way um, of our ability to progress in our health. So uh, that's where I really wanted to shine. And like I said, that's like recognizing my, you know, my gifts, my talents, my interests. I wanted to be able to combine that so I can perform best and um, serve people at my optimum um, like capacity. Sure. So you did internal medicine. So you learned about diabetes, hypertension, all the internal medicine topics, and then went to sports medicine. I did orthopedic surgery and then did a year of fellowship in sports medicine, Cincinnati sports medicine. So I do sports medicine. I see patients. I do injections like you do, but I do surgery where you do not do surgery. All right. Mm -hmm. But you are specialized in how you know, you can control diabetes through exercise or you can control, control, help somebody get their hypertension under control by being healthier or being more physically active. So that kind of segues to your program that you run, which is, you know, MedFit DO as a health and wellness coach. So kind of tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that because actually when I started, so it actually started off as an Instagram page. And, um, but I think like deep inside it, I was birthing a business mm-hmm. and it, and, and that's what it has um, become. Uh, so that I started it, my third year of residency, that Instagram page. And I was just, I would start by doing lives, just speaking about physical activity and, um, you know, how it helps with chronic illnesses. And, and, and sometimes I would even perform like different exercises and, and that's, and that's how it started. And, um, you know, just thinking about my trajectory of my career, I was like, man, like, I don't want to be in the clinic forever. Like, mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> like, I, 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 I want to create a business. I don't know what, like, how I'm going to create a business. And uh, so I started reaching out to physicians that I saw on social media that, you know, had their businesses 
businesses and they were like owning their space. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, like, you know, I'm in, I'm a fellow right now. I'm going to finish fellowship in a couple months and I want to create a business of my own. Like, do you have any tips for me of like what I can do now? Cause I didn't want to start like after I finished fellowship, I wanted to get the ball rolling. And um, like, I think maybe two out of three of them or two out of four of them said, you should get a business coach. And I'm like, where am I going to find a business coach? How am I going to pay for (laughs) it? I'm like, what is a business coach? (laughs) Actually, let's start there. What is a business coach? (laughs) I had no idea what that was. And um, so then that led me to um, LGA. And uh, I got the email. I don't even know how I got on Dr. Peter Kimpolis, but I was on his list and I saw that he was having this conference and I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, Oh, this is like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I and it was free. Talk. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect for me. Cause I'm a follow. And I was like, yes, sign me up. I want to be around a whole bunch of physician entrepreneurs. Yes. That is up my alley. And I, um, I think like on the LGA Facebook page, you had to introduce yourself. So I said, Hey, my name is Dr. Jenica Benoit, also uh, Dr. J. I'm looking for a business coach. And like so many people bum rush my post, like you should be Dr. Una. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. who is this woman? Clearly I need to know her. <laughs> and man, that's where, that's where it started. It started in the Entre MP um, business school. And when I started in the Entre MP business school, I didn't, I didn't have a business. Um, I just knew I wanted to create one and slowly, but surely I, I, you know, discovered that I should be a health and wellness coach. And this fits so well with my gift of, you know, having genuine connections with people in, you know, really short periods of time and, you know, my love for fitness and just like well-being as a whole. So, yeah, so that is, um, that is my current baby that I'm, (laughs) that I'm birthing. And it's been quite a ride and it's stretching me in so many ways that I haven't imagined. Um, And it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. Perfect. Of course, we're heading into the new year. So going to be a lot of people with fitness goals, resolutions. How do you coach someone or how do you motivate someone? What's your role in that? Yeah. So, um, so contrary to what a physician does, a coach is really like a partner. So I, as a coach, I'm not really telling you what to do now. I will make suggestions, right. Especially with my background in sports medicine, I, you know, I can make suggestions, but really I serve as, um, a collaborator in your journey of wellness. And so during the coaching process, what I'm doing is I'm discovering your strengths. I'm discovering your values. I'm discovering what motivates you right? Because, and and that's the key, is finding what motivates them. Because like me being an external motivator, that is not enough. They have to be intrinsically motivated to change their lifestyle. And that is the function of a coach is to find out what those intrinsic motivators are to allow them to keep moving on this journey of wellness. So, um, yeah. So that's, that's really the premise of coaching. It's different. It's different um, from being a physician and uh, it's a lot of self-discovery too. So, you know, as I'm with the questions that I ask, I, I ask um, a lot of like, we call it appreciative inquiries. Um, so a lot of uh, questions that really allow them to dig deep 
and like really think about like what their values are and 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 really why they want to change because that is what's going to maintain them throughout the process is finding what motivates them so that's how a coach works in that aspect and you know having many different clients that come from different points in their training or different points in their health process their health journey how do you meet each person where they are yeah no that's a really that's a very good question the the first part the first uh, part is just like asking them um you know what they want um asking them what they're so it's a lot of um assessment that happens at the beginning right so asking them like what do their results to be what have they tried in the past right Mm -hmm. because now and that's a key question like what have you tried because if it's just like oh like this is this is, I just had this epiphany this morning. I want to make a lifestyle change. All right. <laughs> there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be a lot more work, you know, in, in the, in the front end, but it's, but if it's like, Hey, I've tried this and that and this and that, and it's not working. I'm like, okay, well, you know, this person has put in a lot of effort and now she just needs a, a different modality to help her maintain um, her her fitness goals or her wellness goals. So um, it's a lot of assessment that happens at the beginning to figure out really where they're at. Gotcha. All right. So I, like yourself, ran track in high school. So I did middle distance. And after high school, I really was kind of turned off by running. And then about, I guess, in my mid-30s, I picked up the shoes again and started running. I ran consistently for about two to three years. Mm-hmm. I ran my first 5K, ran my first 10K, and was doing well. And then COVID hits early 2020, mm-hmm. and my workout routine just kind of goes to shambles, right? So mm-hmm. um, end of 2021, you know, we're trying to get back motivated, get back to running pretty consistently. And in a moment of strength or a moment of weakness said, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon, <laughs> right? And actually signed up for it and have been very inconsistent. So I got about eight weeks. Okay. Ooh. So I, yeah, I need some coaching, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what? So what's um, motivating you to run the, the half marathon? All right. So, you know, I really felt good when I started back running. I didn't I never liked running long distance when I was in high school. I did 400, 800, an occasional mile, but I was always turned off by cross-country long distance. And then when I actually started running again, just being out there and actually I ran in a group for a while, and but just being out and I felt that it helped me be more um, focused as well. So going out, even on the days that I didn't want to, and you go out and you get the miles in and you know after two or three miles you start to feel good and then after that it was really it was just getting started so if i could get started my energy levels were better you know i felt like i could i was more disciplined i had to go to bed at night because i was waking up running at five o'clock in the morning so i just felt healthier and more energized altogether. so i guess that's my why you know i felt better i had more energy and you know then you start very uh, competitive. So you run this amount of time and then you want to beat that and just keep on going. So I guess it kind of got the competitive spirit going as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you can think back to those days where you were consistent with running, what helped you be consistent with running? Well, really running a group was the, probably the, I had accountability. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you think there's a way that you can get accountability now? 
Do you know yeah. any running groups? Yeah, well, I actually haven't reached out in my area that I live in now, but I'm sure there are running groups. Okay, okay. Can you name like one or two? Uh, well, I didn't know about name. It's just a great, the same group of guys that I worked out with, uh, we ran together, so that helped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I love accountability as well. Um, so maybe reaching back, or, or reaching back to those guys or finding a local running group because they, they do exist. Um, there's so many, there's so many running groups. Like for example, there's, um, well, black girls run. So that'll be, you know, fear wife. Um, there's black yeah. men run. Um, there, I mean, there, there are so many, so maybe reaching out to a local running group to help you, um, to help keep you accountable can help. Can you think about what else helped you during that time besides the, um, the, the group? Uh, let's see, I guess running because you have a goal, you like you enter a race and then you have to train for it. So, um, having that goal and working towards that goal was important as well. Mm -hmm. And do you have like a specific time that you want to reach? Or you uh, not it? now? I don't, I did then, but now I just need to get the, the shoes on the pavement. So, okay. Okay. And, uh, and I really said this time that, you know, because it's such a big jump going from, 10k to a half marathon that I wasn't even yeah. going to worry about the clock so. yeah yeah and what is your schedule like what is um how do you fit time to train uh great question so I found out that I work better or I work out better in the morning because I have so many reasons why not to work out after work with three kids and you know trying to help with homework take to practice you know eat dinner get ready for bed and then you know so fatigued. So I'll actually like working out in the morning because once I'm up, get a good sweat going, take a shower. And now my adrenaline's going, you know, I feel good getting in to do surgery or see patients or whatever it is. So, mm -hmm. so can you pick um, maybe days out of the week that you can train and what time would you start? Yeah. So uh, let's see, 5 a.m., 5.30, 5 to 5.30 is probably my start time. Mm -hmm. And probably Friday, I would say probably on the days that I don't do surgery, which are Tuesday and Thursday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, plus or minus Saturday. Okay. And which days um, would be, I would assume your days that you don't do surgery, would, would, that, would those days be better for your short runs? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then you can build in your longer runs on the days that you don't do surgery. Right. Right. Okay. Or maybe on okay. the weekend. Okay. Okay. So there you go. So you have a schedule. I so have a plan. <laughs> I, I would like for you to, you know, recite that to me by starting with the statement, I commit. I so commit. I, mm -hmm. I commit to. <laughs> I commit to uh, making a schedule that mm -hmm. will work for me to get back to working out and running. Oh, no, it has to be more specific than that, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I commit to right. doing my short runs on right. this day, this day, at this time, and my right. longer runs at this day, this day, at this time. Gotcha. So here for the half marathon. That I foolishly day. enrolled in. Um, <laughs> so I commit to doing my short runs on uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and my long runs on Saturday and Sunday to prepare myself for this half marathon that I foolishly enrolled in. No, you can't say that because <laughs> then that's gonna, <laughs> that you're going to be committed to finishing. That's the attitude. <laughs> Got you, that I'm going to be committed to finishing. 
That's right. That's right. I have eight weeks to get it done. You got it. You got it. (laughs) All right. That sounds good. I'm committed to that. So Monday, (laughs) Wednesday, Friday, I can get my short runs in either on the treadmill or in the community and then my long runs in on the weekend. There we go. We got it. Love it. (laughs) All right. All right. So I guess accountability, I have the whole podcast world to keep me accountable. I put it out there. All right. You've got a whole lot of accountability now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it done. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that uh, because, you know, like you mentioned, it's really about having structure and coaching is, you know, from what I've seen, I was completely unaware of it as well. What's the concept of coaching? But if you think back to sports, a coach is someone who can look at his players and say, this person's good at doing X, this person's good at doing Y, and I have to be able to bring the best of their ability out of them to make the team work, you know? Mm-hmm. And many times I do a lot of mentorship and I can see, you no, know, this kid has it, this person has it, they just don't know. And then you ask them, they're like, I don't really know. I'm like, no, man, look, you can do this because I did it. And, you know, I wasn't nearly as far along as you might've been at this point. So. I think that's very important, you know, as far as coaching to have someone to really point that out for you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes we're our, we're our own critics, right? So yeah. you need that person to like pull out those strengths from you that you've minimized. Sure, sure. And then another thing about coaching is that you learn from their mistakes or, you know, so the person that you're working with might have had four or five years of learning and they give it all to you. That's how it was for me with working with um, for the podcast, you know, working with Dr. Darko. He had a package deal of his experiences over the last five and a half years. And it's here you go. And now you can start off further along than, hey, let me search every website and try to figure out how to do something. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, So on Time Out with the Sports Doctor, this is your final time out. All right. So I know you are a coach for women and you want to see women, you know, live their fullness as far as health and wellness. So what would you say to someone entering into 2022 who might have fallen off like I did towards the end of the year to help them get back going? Yeah. So, I mean, I really appreciate this question. Um, because, you know, my heart goes out, you know, to that busy professional woman, uh, because, you know, throughout life, we may have, you know, chase accolades, um, may have chase status and somewhere along the lines, um, our health has, has taken a backseat and we may be, you know, we may be great, you know, as a physician and great as an attorney, but, uh, our health is suffering in, in, in the process, uh, that we're dedicating all this um, time and energy to our jobs and making that the priority, but we're not also um, placing priority on our health. And that is you know, the one thing that sustains us. So what I wanna say to that busy professional uh, woman is that you, you can have you know, that career that you love and enjoy, and you can have a life where you can live into abundance because that's what wellness is. Wellness is a state of well-being. So, and um, to live in that state of well-being, it's really just living in abundance and making sure that you are taking care of various aspects of your of your of your health. That includes your mind. That includes your body. That includes your spiritual life. It's a holistic process. So, um, you know, I just want to let that woman know that you're not alone. That you know, so many women go through this um, this this 
this tough journey too was like really figuring out how to like care for themselves. But then uh, on the other side, you know, there's abundance. Um, there's a life that allows you to thrive. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And how will someone reach out to you to, for coaching or just to follow along with what you have the video yeah, so the, YouTube? Yeah. So the best way to get in touch with me would be on my Instagram page. So if you go to medfitdo, that's M-E-D-F-I-T-D-O. And in my bio, there's my link tree. If you tap that link tree, that will also connect you to a link where you can have a 30 minute discovery call with me to see if we would be a good fit for um, health and wellness coaching. All right, great. And you know, it was great having you on, especially this time of year. I know you, there are plenty of people that can benefit from your expertise. So hopefully people will reach out from you from here in this podcast episode so that they can, you know, live to the fullest as well. So thank you very much for your time, you know, and I really appreciate you having on this platform. Anything that I can do to help you out, please let me know. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as you can see, I'm taking on a personal challenge uh, and I put it out there now. So I got two months to get myself back into running shape. And, you know, I'll be looking to you guys for some encouragement. I mean, if you got anything out of this episode, please provide feedback. Uh, share this episode with someone who might need this encouragement. And leave a, a five-star review because that'll make this show more visible for other people to be able to hear it. Until later, peace.